Bueller. Are you better off than you were four years ago? I want my MTV. I want my MTV. Shall we play Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Come back with me to the 1980s and the roller coaster ride that was my high school experience. I lived a John Hughes life, and some of the celebrity vocal talent I've assembled to take you on this journey helped to give us all that 80s good time vibe. This all happened. The names have been changed to protect the not so innocent. What do we mean when we talk about personality? What is your personality? It is the way you get along with other people around you and with your changing environment. You want certain things from other people and from environment. The way to go about getting those things reveals your personality. These 1950s education films really add something to this podcast. I grew up with these during my elementary years. Those dumb films were shown to shape you, form you into good little citizens and students. They were kitty brainwashing, for sure. There was a line of children waiting to get into the lunchroom when Phil got there. He saw some boys he knew at the front of the line. They waved for him to go up to the front with them. But Phil didn't want to break into line as Mr. Bungle did. So Phil went to the end. That was the fair thing to do. I had made up my mind that high school was going to suck. Part of the reason was simply because of change. The middle school was this safe little cocoon, and just when I felt I had carved out something for myself and became secure in the identity I had forged, poof, it was over, and we were kicked out to the high school. Now I need to go back to what I said before about the dumb idea of splitting our middle school into two houses, lake and mountain. Keep in mind, this was to be an inclusive school. No walls, no boundaries, Everyone is together like some kind of collective hive. The geniuses who designed this concept thought it would be a good thing to split us, divide us, and foster a competition and inherent bias that was nurtured all the way through middle school. We took a tour of the high school just at the end of eighth grade, just eight mountain, and it was terrifying. This giant campus of buildings, old and new wings and upperclassmen, what a mess. We heard all the horror stories filtered down from the kids who went before us. Freshmen were targets. We were the bottom of the food chain. We would get forced to return the seniors' lunch trays. We'd get beaten in the hallways and probably shoved into lockers. Hell was prophesized. And to add to it all, lake and mountain houses would be unified. Reunited, the Great Schism would be healed. You know, kind of like the Dark Crystal. It was bad enough to go into a whole new school as fresh fish, but half of your own class was almost total strangers. The early teens are years of upheaval and turmoil. They're years of physical and glandular change, new and wider relationships with people, and new inner feelings in the early adolescent. Look, I dreaded change, and and suddenly it was everywhere, even down to my beloved HBO guides we used to get in the mail. Remember those little booklets just for HBO, and they would give you what was coming up in the next month? They were small 5x7 pamphlets, something like that, and and they listed everything HBO was bringing you for the coming month. I loved them, and even collected them. Then, over the summer of 1981, they changed the entire format. 
Now it was a bigger guide with less cool pictures and more cold times and listings. And it was for HBO and another cable service called Prism. Another sign the good old days were over. Is it a good idea to have friends? Would it be more fun to have friends to play with? My middle school movie friends were now split up and, and like trout dumped to restock a creek for the opening of fishing season, they quickly made their way downstream and dispersed. I was almost on my own and knew I would have to find my way upstream. He wanted to belong to that particular gang, to speak their language. I wanted to fit in. I didn't have any kind of athletic ability. I was tall, but couldn't play basketball to save my life. I, I mean, yeah, at home, just fucking around with my friends, but for an actual team, no way. I couldn't sing, and the last thing that was going to enhance my popularity was joining chorus or show choir. I had no musical talent, so band was out of the question. I mean, my mom had bought me a used clarinet in fourth grade. I think I did like six lessons in school, and that shit stopped. On top of it, the high school already had a name for the kids in band. They called them band fags. And there's that word again. I wasn't a metalhead or a druggie, even though I had an unlimited cachet of, of marijuana in my home. So what to do? My only recourse was drama and acting and the school theater program. I landed the role of Scrooge in some version of A Christmas Carol and I didn't so much act as I imitated Frank Nelson, the yes guy. You know, that guy that was known for McDonald's commercials back in the day, but really he made his name during 1950s and 60s sitcoms. And when I did it on stage, uh, it got applause. So we just kind of ran with that, I guess. We put on a show for the entire school and, and it ran over some weekend and, well, the Monday after the show closed, I got this during lunch. Hey, do us a favor and take our trays up, Scrooge McFag. I ate lunch for the rest of my freshman year in Mr. B's art room. I hated gym class. I was a total nerd. I couldn't do the next three years as a prisoner. I needed more than a new image. I had to rebuild myself. I bought some sun in. If you remember, it was this liquid, which was probably 99% hydrogen peroxide, and you sprayed it in your hair, and you either let the sun or you used a hot blow dryer, and it would change the color of your hair and brighten it up. I grew out a mustache, and I got this safari jacket. I called it my Hollywood director look. One person may simply force his way into the group. He's in for a horrible snubbing, though, if the group won't accept him. Still another may try to attract the notice of others by exaggerated dress or manner. I made up my mind I was coming back to school in 10th grade with a whole new look. A close friend's dad was throwing out an old khaki safari bush jacket that summer, and I asked if I could have it. And I adopted the Ocean Pacific t-shirt, the OP look, for my California style. It isn't easy to change your whole attitude. I was not going to spend the next three years of high school in a prison complaining about the popular people and feeling like a victim. The movies made it out that high school was the best time of your life and there was no way I was going to run out the high school clock in misery. Now my uncle got me a silent Super 8mm film camera. 
I made Benny Hill type comedy movies with my brother dressed as Spedwoman, the cartoon character that I used to draw in middle school, if you remember that. I got my brother Scott to dress up in this old blue house coat we found in my mother's old wardrobe in the basement. It was blue with a puffy white collar and cuffs. She denied she owned it, but that house coat was definitely hers. We tried a wig, but it blew off Scott all the time, so we ended up slapping a Pabst Blue Ribbon Gilligan-style hat on him, and the whole thing just worked. We tied him up to moving cars to be dragged on a skateboard we stuck beneath him, laid him on car hoods and rooftops, and my mother would yell from the house, What the hell are you kids doing? We were making movies. That's what we were doing. I came to 10th grade that fall, new and improved. But for all the shit I got, Scab! At least I wasn't the Scab. F you, Scalzo! The Scab's real name was Polly. I want to make it clear. There was nothing mentally wrong with her before you get all social justice warrior. She was just an asshole. She didn't deserve the shit Scalzo gave her, but man, sometimes she asked for it. She had a face for radio, big, thick Brillo hair, Coke bottle glasses, and this nose that twisted way to the left. Now, Jake Scalzo had no room to talk. He was this warthog of a human being, encrusted head to toe in acne, topped off with a perpetual shark grin. He was inappropriate, crude, disgusting, wrong in every single way, and he was our class's Bluto from Animal House. He was also one of the funniest people I ever knew, and well, that's all I needed. He would wait for the scab to come walking by his locker and would turn like a cobra striking and bellow like Godzilla. Scab! Scalzo gave her the nickname because he said, ironically, she was so ugly, her face looked like a pick scab. F you, Scalzo! She never said, fuck you. She always kept it to F you, literally using the letter F. And when she screamed it, F you! The hallway would scream it back, F you! Go soak your heads! I was still writing my short stories and making the Spedwoman movies. Tony and I were still close friends. Her locker was only two doors down from me, and we often powwowed in the morning. I would find her sitting on the floor, cross-legged, reading some book or doing some homework. She reminded me of the great guru in, in those old BC comic strips in the newspaper. However, I felt my new Cali dude image was taking me just so far. And then, one day in English class, this happened. I got stuck in a class with some really popular people for 10th grade English. And one day this happened with Butch, one of the most popular and respected guys in our class. He was our Arnold Schwarzenegger, a bodybuilder who could have been a bully and was instead this gentle giant with a terrific feathered mullet and sly grin. He had an excellent sense of humor. So one morning in class, Butch leaned over and into my left ear whispered, Dude, our old book reports aren't due today. Oh, I didn't read shit. Now I thought fast and I said this to him. Here's what you gotta do. You read a book called Red Dragon by Henry J. Pasquale. It's about these terrorists that want a nuclear bomb and they threaten to release a virus on New York City. The virus creates a red rash on the chest that looks like a dragon. You just made that up. That was Mick, the first half of the Mick and Steve duo. Yeah, it'll work, trust me. Mick was smart, funny, and a completely cynical wise-ass. Steve was just as much a wise-ass, 
genuine, and he was extremely friendly, and both defied the cliché jock stereotype. I feared them since sixth grade, and now I was surrounded by them all. You're not really doing this. And then there was Allison. More on her later, but it's it's good to drop right here that her nickname was Rooster. <laughs> Go ahead, Butchie. What do you gotta lose? Do it, man. And that guy was Kellen, a guy too pretty to play football and beyond intelligent. He had such a dry and dark sense of humor, and yet I hated him all through ninth grade in gym class. Butch did it, and he got an A. And the entire direction of my high school life changed that very day. The gay kid, in their eyes, took a thorn out of that lion's paw, and it changed everything for this mouse. Did you ever feel alone, out of place, when you wanted very much to be part of the group? What did you do? How successful was your personality? The turning point was coming, and it was embodied in the form of a house. A chalet, to be exact. It was the forbidden city of high school. A place where only the elite were invited to come party. And I wanted to get in there. If I made it to the chalet, I would have arrived. I thought it would be my greatest high school challenge. I was way off. Just remember, part of your personality is the way you affect other people. Another part is the way other people affect you. And still another is the way changes in your environment affect you. You can make a start toward improving your personality. This is only part of the story of your personality, but it's the beginning. <laughs>